Hello everyone and welcome to Daily Newspaper Analysis which is presented to you by Lawsipo. Today we will discuss two articles. The first article is from the Hindu which is titled as Recognizing Caste-Based Violence Against Women. This is a very beautifully written article which highlights the need of the authorities and the judicial system to make a focus on the caste-based violence against women and what are the atrocities they are facing has been discussed in this article. The second one is from the Indian Express which is titled as Why China has relaxed its two-child policy to three. So recently China has announced that now it would allow three children per couple and what is its three-child policy as well as what was its two-child policy has been discussed in this article. Also, we are delighted to announce that from today, we will not have the news and flash column in this newspaper analysis. Rather, we have presented, we have brought to you a more elaborate and descriptive news and flash column, which will be presented as a separate video. This will be available on both the channels of Law Seco, that is Law Seco Judiciary Prep, as well as Law Seco CLAT Prep. So if at all you wish to do it for your prelims exam or just keeping updated yourself with various little news that are happening in the in, in and around us. So please make sure that you are definitely subscribing to the channel and having a look at the video as well. So this newspaper analysis is presented to you by me. My name is Sheva Khan and I had completed my BALLB law degree from Dehradun in the year 2019. I have been my, uh, the gold medalist of my batch and also been a national debater as well as a public speaker. At Law Seco, I'm working as current affairs expert and manager for free content and outreach. If you wish to connect with me, you can always find me on my Twitter as well as LinkedIn handles. The links to both are available in the description. On this note, let's get started with the first discussion of the day which talks about caste-based violence against women. So the article says that recently in the case of the Supreme Court in the case of Patan Jamal Walu versus State of Andhra Pradesh addressed the intersectionality of caste, gender and disability. Now here, before moving deeper into this argument or this entire article discussion, we need to understand as to what has been pointed out in this recent case by the Supreme Court. The term here has been used is the intersectionality of the caste, gender and disability. So if at all, when we try to see from one single lens, we definitely can see and say that in our country or the social setup that we have in our country, India, definitely there has been even despite after continuous efforts of the government and various authorities to put down uh, any of these kinds of discriminations but yet it is the harsh reality of our society that still we have biasness and we have a lot of discrimination based on caste gender and disability but if at all we consider even an intrinsic a more intrinsic look into these caste gender and disability it is not that the people belonging to one particular caste are treated in a similar manner. By this, we mean to say that in the caste as well, in the gender as well, in disability as well, women are the ones who have to face a higher or a greater brunt of that as well. So in a way, actually what they have to face are the double atrocities. By that we mean that firstly she suffers because of the caste that she is born into and secondly she suffers because she is a woman who is born into that particular caste. 
A very good example of this has been given by the Hathras rape case of a 19-year-old girl who was raped not only because she was a woman, of course, in the first place, but also because she belonged to that particular caste. So definitely, in the in various states in the country, like let's say for example, UP and Bihar, even in Rajasthan as well, there is a high predominance of the caste system wherein people do not easily neglect the caste which they or the other people belong to. And in such cases, the atrocities against the people belonging to a particular caste and to be in getting into, into further detail or into further intrinsic way, even the women of the, that particular caste, that particular disability are also treated more, uh, you know, in, a, in an even worse manner. So here they have given some more examples wherein we discuss the case and the intersectional approach. So it says that here what happened was that the victim who was the victim of the sexual assault was a blind 22 year old Dalit woman. Now as you can see here that here there were double atrocities that this person had to face. Now what what was what were that? First she was a blind you know woman so firstly she had a disability and secondly she was a Dalit woman and even if you bring it into gender so here we can count into three atrocities that she had to go through first based on her gender that she was a woman second based on her disability that she was blind and third based on the caste that she was a Dalit woman so that is why the article very nicely points out to the fact that people who are subjected to these any of these kinds of uh, you know uh, things be it the caste gender disability they are at a greater risk or they are more vulnerable to any kinds of atrocities or discriminations in the society. So here, the trial and the High Court convicted accused under IPC and also the POA Act. Now the POA Act is the Scheduled Caste and Scheduled Tribe Prevention of Atrocities Act. So this is a very important act which actually provides a lot of justice to the STs and STs in the country. So in this particular case, the trial had occurred and the High Court convicted the accused not only under IPC definitely for rape but also or the sexual assault but also under the prevention of atrocities to the SCSD Act which was a one step forward in recognizing the fact that yes, this woman was not only subjected to this abuse or the sexual violence just because she was a woman but also because she was a, a member of any kind of Dalit society. So the Supreme Court confirmed the conviction only under section 376 of the Indian Penal Code. Now why at all we are discussing it here that we need to make sure the article says that the judiciary while granting the punishment in such particular cases in which at least it can be proved that a woman had to face or a person had to face atrocities specifically if we talk about rape so that woman had to face that rape not only because she was a woman but also because she belonged to an SCST community if at all that is proved then not only the conviction should take place under section 376 of the Indian Penal Code which penalizes for rape but but also the relevant sections and the relevant provisions of the POA Act which was the prevention of uh, atrocities against the SCST Act should also be inflicted wherein uh, in this particular case the, the example which we were just discussing though the High Court convicted the accused under IPC and POA both but the Supreme Court confirmed the conviction only under section 376 of IPC and did not take into account the relevant sections of the POA Act. 
so if at all we try to understand about the intersectional approach so here we need to consider multiple marginal marginalities so the supreme court recognized that when the identity of women intersects with her caste class religion disability and sexual orientation she may face violence and discrimination due to two or more grounds that simply is what we call as the intersectional approach wherein we get into various sections of the blocks of the society and consider as to how many sections or how many of these grounds are applicable on one particular person so similarly it has been said that considering the caste class religion disability and the sexual orientation there is a greater chance that a woman may face violence and discrimination due to two or more things so the court placed special emphasis on making the criminal justice system more responsive to women with disabilities facing sexual assault so here it is important for us to understand that here and the example also says that many a times the women definitely have to go through a lot of cases of sexual abuse violence and assault but if at all that woman is suffering from any kind of ailment any kind of disease any kind of disability because many a times it is seen that many times in the uh, care houses also or in the asylums as well women who are not mentally very much healthy or they're not very much capable mentally are also often raped so that also is one thing that puts them to a greater risk or vulnerability of being raped or sexually assaulted so the court laid down directions to train the judges police and the prosecutors to be sentenced in such cases and also to be made more sensitized so basically it says that uh, it, it it also put in directions that the judges or any authority be it the authorities be, be it the ngos or the police the prosecutors or all whoever has to deal with such a victim or such basically what would i call as a survivor so they should be very very sensitive in this regard and they should be putting forward their questions and whatever you know uh, whatever they have to ask they should be very much sensitive about it and they should be very soft spoken to such a person unlike the real scenario case which occurs in the current situation wherein we say that a woman who is already you know has survived the rape who is already a victim of rape is further victimized during the trial wherein she's asked very inappropriate questions and more on to this in a very inappropriate manner so that this second you know victimization should be definitely stopped So if at all we consider the convictions under Prevention of Atrocities Act 1989 so in 2006 in the case of Dinesh Alias Buddha versus State of Rajasthan the Supreme Court held that it is not the case of the prosecution that rape was committed on the victim since she was member of the scheduled caste so here it needs uh, it says that it definitely needs a proper proof uh, to be brought forward that not only the rape was committed because she was a woman but also she belonging to any kind of such caste or tribe should be known and it should be proved that this was one of the reasons that actually attracted or that actually made uh, the uh, you know the assaulters to assault any particular uh, woman then in the case of 2017 of ashrafi ashrafi versus state of up the court held that evidence and materials on record did not show that the appellant had committed rape on the ground that victim was the uh, was it was it belonged to the scheduled caste and that is why definitely here a point of confusion can be seen wherein it might become very difficult to prove as to the knowledge of the assaulter or the rapist that whether or not he knew that uh, the woman will belongs to the scst community 
and then in 2019 in the case of Kumar Singh versus State of MP the court held that there was no evidence to show that the offence was committed on the grounds of caste so the only evidence here says that the accused knew that the the caste of victim before committing the offence so now this is an important point that here the accused must must know and that also should be proved that the accused very well knew about the caste of the uh, victim before committing such offence so we know that there are uh, you know the top 10 states that have been up in the crimes against women so we have uttar pradesh west bengal maharashtra rajasthan madhya pradesh assam odisha andhra pradesh telangana and the union territory of delhi so definitely we need to make the environment the atmosphere more you know in a way is safer and better for the women's safety Let's discuss the second article of the day which talks about China's two child policy relaxed. So after China's census showed slowest population growth since the times of 1950s it is now allowed three children per couple. Now here we need to know the fact that China still even after bringing in such strict you know reforms in its population measures and that how many children would the couples be allowed to have still China remains to be the most populous country of the world. though india is also not very far away and with this keep keeping in mind the speed with which indian population is growing very soon it would cover up or it would run beyond china's population as well but still china remains to be the country with the highest population in the world so that is why now the as the chinese census has revealed that it has had the slowest population growth since the time of 1950s it has now relaxed its two child policy has and has allowed three children per couple So before that let's understand about China's one child policy which was the harshest of all which had been brought in order to curb down or to slow down the population growth of the country. So it was enforced by the then leader called as then Xiaoping in the times of 1980. And in 2016 the ruling communist party allowed two children per couple. So it was very recently only in the year 2016 that two children were allowed per couple and the reasons were given that the rapidly aging population and undermining economic growth of China. so definitely we need to see that if at all you're allowing only one child per person so the people who are already in the age of in the age group of aging so definitely now there will be aging population or a faster aging population as compared to the youth in the country due to which definitely the economic growth of the country was hampered because obviously we need a lot of young people for employment generation uh, for various kinds of activities for various industries and as we know that china is the greatest hub of manufacturing in the entire world so it needed people to work in the factories which definitely it was falling short of and that is why in the year 2016 the ruling party or the communist party allowed two children per couple and now this has been further extended to three children per couple So, if we talk to talk about the performance of the policy, whether or not how how much was it really able or capable to control the population of China in a positive manner? So, it enforced it was enforced through several means, like incentivizing families financially, making contraceptives widely available, and imposing sanctions for violation. So, basically, various you know multi-modal or multi-layered, multi-directional or dimensional aspects and steps were taken to make sure that. 
that the people are adhering to the one child policy wherein the families were incentivized financially for doing so they were the, the contraceptives were, were widely available for the people and also many sanctions and many penalties were imposed for the people who violated the same and this prevented up to 40 crore population being born so this can be in a way considered to be as an achievement of the one child policy wherein it actually practically stopped 40 crore people to be added to the population of china but yes definitely if we talk about the cons so it definitely aged the population of china very quickly and also it had a shortage of manpower and labor and not only just manpower and labor but also many reports had revealed once that china is facing problems in recruiting the army as well and even those soldiers that are being recruited or that are being deployed in the army are not as strong as compared to the chinese army that it used to be because obviously when we have a single child more or less the parents do not first in the first instance they do not want to send their children into the army uh, because they definitely that a person that a uh, Uh, you know child uh, to that family will be the only you know ray of hope in the coming future and if at all they do then the quality of the nutrition that is being given to them or maybe you know they're not brought up into a lot of physical activities or various reasons for that so even the army of china had to face a kind of weakness so there were issues also great issues that were attached to the one child policy of china that the state used forced abortion and sterilizations as well which was definitely very you know uh, this very you know it was very bad in a way or it was not at all something that supported the human rights and also it was it was unfair to the poorer chinese because the rich could pay for the sanctions but the poorer could not and also the rich people have a greater income from just one source of income but that is not the case with the poor people right many times the whole family has to work together to earn a family income or a family living and definitely if they were allowed to have only one child so the entire income of the family was also was hampered and even the sex sex ratio became skewed towards males now this is one thing which was perhaps one of the most bizarre uh, outcomes that came out of the one child policy of china that the sex ratio you know it declined very rapidly because when the parents or the couples were given a choice not only to have one child so definitely they preferred having a male child over over a female one because they believe just like in the patriarchal system unfortunately that we have in our country that the male child would stay with them or he will earn better he will have he will be stronger can take care better care of the family and stuff and that is why many many abortions started taking place wherein the female fetus or the female child was aborted and the male child was preferred over the female one and that is why the sex ratio declined and skewed very rapidly in china so now if we talk about this current relaxing policy which is now allowed three children uh, to this uh, policy so the population growth rate fell despite the 2016 relaxations so even though 2016 relaxations uh, relaxations allowed two children but still the population growth rate had fell according to the 2020 census data So the country's fertility rate dropped to 1.3 which was far below the replacement level of 2.1 and the United Nations expects China's population to begin declining after 2030 and by 2025 it will lose its most populous tag to India so here india you know by the time of 20, 2025 we might cross china and might become the most populous country of the world so the reasons for fewer children are the rising cost of living 
education and supporting the aging parents yes for sure the culture or long working hours of china or the chinese system of work working or the work uh, stations and thirdly the cultural shift during the decades of one child policy so all of these factors have definitely uh, changed the perspective of the people in china as well and ultimately this has resulted in a, a slower or a lesser growth rate of the population so this was all for the day we hope it was a good and informative session for you all thank you so much for staying tuned with lossico please subscribe to our channels for such more updates to come